bum bum bottom 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 bum
concrete. He shared that interview on his Twitter feed. He quote tweeted us, but he said that it didn't get good until the halfway point. And he encouraged his uh, readers to start at our halfway point. So like when we started to sit down and talk with Rob Williams, I was like, we got to get this up and running immediately. I want Paul Chadwick to be engaged from the jump. And Paul, if you listen to this episode, I need you to quote tweet this episode again (laughs) and tell us that we did good because I think this interview is great from the start. But what if he says... No. It was all so good, except for they did open up with five solid minutes about yoga toes. (laughs) (laughs) He probably will mention Do you know what he sounds like to me? The kind of guy who could use some yoga toes. Maybe, maybe. You know what? Paul is a great guy. I, you know, obviously when Paul Chadwick quote tweets your your episode, you then retweet that and thank him. And when he saw that I thanked him, he said, look, I was probably being a little bit of a grumpy Gus when I made that tweet. I was like, no, Paul, you, you know what? You're probably right. Uh, I'm just honored that you sh- liked any part of our podcast. But Paul, I think you're going to like all of this interview. If not, give us your home address and we'll send you some yoga toes. <laughs> not our yoga toes. No, that'd be gross. <laughs> yeah, we'll send you <laughs> we new only yoga share toes. those with each other right. because we are lovers. So uh, Rob Williams, the writer of Judge Dread End of Days, out now from 2080, we connected with him first last year when his story Control came out. Uh, he sent us a PDF of that and um, uh, we, you know, I, for me, I really, really enjoyed it and it kickstarted my return to 2080 comics and I bought everything that Rob had up until that point and I, 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 I rediscovered a love for this incredibly bizarre strange, ugly, fantastical universe. And I was so excited when Rob reached back out to us again with, you know, the news that there's a new uh, Judge Dredd comic that he's written. And, uh, you know, would we be interested in having him on the show? And we're like, yeah, of course. But I was also a little worried, like, is Mega City One a city that Lisa would enjoy investigating and living in for a little while. And Lisa, what did you think of End of Days? I really enjoyed it. I genuinely liked it. It was a hard sell. Yeah. Because uh, uh, I'm living in a dystopian present. (laughs) Right. Do I really have the spoons to invest in a dystopian alternate universe? Turns out, I do. Yeah, and we've been reading Judge Dredd comics all week. I've pulled out some old issues. I've pulled out some old trades. I went to my parents' house, went down to their basement, and pulled out some old 2018 graphic novels. And Lisa and I have been having a blast with Judge Dredd. We've had a dreadful week, and we're loving it. Loving it. Absolutely loving it. So, end of days, if you don't know, um, it's an apocalyptic story. What? It's a Judge Dredd tale. Yeah, but it is even more apocalyptic because... There are, um, I don't, I don't want to give too much away, it's but the there back. are some horsemen who show up. Yeah, the four horsemen. Uh, so what I, I'm here, how about this? How about I just read the back of End of Days? So it says, the book of Revelation, Judge Dredd is the top lawman of Mega City One, but now it seems as though the end has come. He must face off against the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Luckily, he has an unexpected ally at his side in the form of meta-normal cowboy killer Ichabod Azrael. The dread epic of the year has arrived as Rob Williams teams up with Henry Flint and Colin McNeil to bring you this revelatory tale of the harbingers of the final judgment facing off against Mega City One's toughest judge. What I like about this comic is if you know nothing about Judge Dredd, it is a perfect starting off point. And as I think, Lisa, you can attest to that. I've seen the movies. Sure. And I knew uh, that he is uh, a trifecta of judge, jury, and executioner. Yes. Um, and that's all you really need to know, you guys. Yeah. And, and, and End of Days will take care of the rest of it. And I think you will be uh, excited to explore the rest of Rob Williams' time with this character after this interview. We've been talking off for uh, quite a while. I know you're like, hey, I came here to hear Rob Williams, not Brad and Lisa. So let's get into this interview. Shall we do that, Lisa? Let me check in with Psydiv. Let's see if this interview is in you guys' future. It is. 
I, I think where I wanted to start with this conversation is just like when you sit down, you've, you know, you've written several Judge Dredd stories, several 2000 AD stories. When you sit down and write a new one, like when you're approaching end of days, how do you get into the Judge Dredd headspace? It's kind of a weird one writing Dredd in one sense, because Dredd is, A, he's utterly one of the most terrifying individuals. And if you just look through his history, he's probably killed more human beings than any other comic character ever. Yeah. And and he's a fascist. Uh, I'd like to point out for the record that I am neither a mass murderer nor a fascist. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's also he's um, he's also dependent on the context of the story. He's 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 your hero as well at times. He's I mean one of the great things about Judge Dredd and one of the things reasons that it's so nuanced and the character is sustained for forty years and told so many amazing stories is. He's the goody and the baddie all at once, and it depends on whichever story you're telling. He he can be, he can very much be the bad guy in your in your tale as well as the good guy. Um, so it's t- it's taking all those things on board and just kind of just thinking right. Here's the story I want to tell. Uh, here's the tone I want to tell. Because again, dread can be high comedy, it can be high farce, or it can be the blackest, darkest thing you've ever read. Um, and and the strip sustains you know, shifts in tone from, from story to story and always has, you know. Uh, but but the, all these things are just why creatively Dread is such a fantastic character to, to write and, and a fantastic world to play in. I feel like what draws people into the Dread character is that he's just this, like, law and order killing machine. But mm. it is that kind of complex hero-villain uh, thing going on. Like, I feel like what keeps me reading is he has these moments of curiosity and empathy. And, and like, do you feel like Dredd is a character with insecurities that he's dealing with? Oh, I think they're, they're pretty, they're, they're buried deep, deep down. He's an angry, angry man. I mean, this is one of the, you know, one of the cool things, there's two ways of writing Dread, and, and both ways can be successful. One is doing him like a Robocop and just having him to, and Robocop, by the way, was a complete ripoff of Judge Dredd. Let, let's, let's say that. Be mm-hmm. that. Um, so um, you can, but you can write him like that and just have him turn up and be the, be the badass and kicking ass and, 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 you know, he, he's the action hero and he's, there is no one meaner and no one harder. And that story's fine. There is also another story you can tell with Dread, which basically deals with the man underneath the um, the uniform. You know, he's not a robot. He is, um, and, and you know, I just think you know, I tend to enjoy writing him. He is a very, very angry human being, and I just kind of I've written stories in the past which kind of make the point. I think that their world and and uh, they're just lucky that Dredd is wearing a lawman's outfit because if he'd been born one street over or something and he wasn't put into the Hall of Justice and, uh, you know, the, you know, made a Dredd, yeah, a judge cadet, sorry, um, he'd be the most terrifying criminal. He's just like a force of nature as a, as a human being. And um, I think there are insecurities there, but he just, you, you, you good luck finding them. As a surface show, do you know what I mean? They, you know, they're obviously there in, in who he is and his actions, but... Um, yeah, he's um, he's kind of like constantly um, Clint Eastwood at the end of Unforgiven, basically, on a daily basis. He is like something of a blank slate where I do find myself projecting on him hmm. some of like my own like, oh, you have to cling to law and order. You said he's an angry, angry man. I would love to know what he's angry about. Um, and Two, there was one story in particular, um, not from End of Days. Oh, the Guy Davis one? Yeah, where he comes upon this norm. Act of Grud. The, yeah. where, he, where he comes upon this normie who's taken upon himself to be the sheriff, sort of, for these this community of muties. And Judge Shred seemed really threatened by that. Like, can you give us a little insight on what he was going through in that moment? Well, I, I don't think Dredd is a, he's not a deep thinker, right? I, I think it's all instinct with, with, with Dredd and, and, and he's not a cerebral man. And, and it's like, and there are sort of, you know, when people say that he, he's never shifted, 
as a character from day one. I don't think that's true. There are shifts, but they're kind of glacial. And um, uh, you, you've seen him soften amazingly over the years, which is just, he's not soft at all. But considering who he was as a younger judge, and one of the cool things about Dredd, I should say, is and the story is that he ages in real time. He's kind mm-hmm. of a grumpy old Dredd now. Uh, whereas beforehand he was just, you know, just a terrifying younger dread. Um, but um, I think it, 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 going back to sort of what you asked about actor Grud, which was a story I did with Guy Davis a few years ago, um, that character who is a lawman out in the, outside Dread City, we should say, is is an apocalyptic wasteland, and that's called the Cursed Earth, and it's kind of like the Wild West, but with giant monsters and dinosaurs and all kinds of terrifying things. So Dread came across a, a lawman out there um, who was protecting a small hamlet off his own back. And this was a heroic character. But when Dredd dug deeper, he found out that this guy used to be a judge and had basically run from the, he deserted from the Apocalypse War. Um, So that made him a deserter. And Dredd fought in the Apocalypse War and deserters get shot. So Dredd, Mm -hmm. at the end of it, shot him. So that's one of, that. I don't think... Dread was particularly on a personal level threatened. Threatened. There are times when he is. This. These are the rules. This is the law. Is a big part of who he is, and that was just the law. Right. And again, one of the great things about the, the strip and the story like that is he makes decisions which are right to him. But as a reader, you go, well, that's entirely morally questionable. <laughs> um, but um, but yeah, that, that was the law. He he fought the war and a lot of he saw stood by a lot of judges and saw them die who didn't desert. And this guy was, was a coward as far as he was concerned. So, uh, you know, right now in the comic book pop culture uh, conversation, you know, we just had a Falcon and Winter Soldier episode drop. I don't know if you've watched Falcon. I, I watched Soldier. it this morning with my son. Me and my son are watching it together. Yeah. OK. And so there's a final shot of episode four with mm. John Walker. Mm. That is a hell of an image. And what I have found fascinating about this moment is how people interpret John Walker from varying points of view. And I do think Judge Dredd is a cipher like John Walker. And I wonder when you're writing Judge Dredd and you're coming from your point of view that, you know, you acknowledge that he is a a fascistic character and he's a terrifying character. uh, But do you think about the audience and how they may respond to your version of Judge Dredd. Yeah, very much. And um, I think it's, uh, I'll choose my words carefully, but I mean, I think <laughs> it's, um, uh, you can just enjoy and, and find yourself having a great time writing Judge Dredd. And then occasionally you go, well, hang on, let's look at, especially what's been going on in, in your country and in our country for about the last five, 10 years. Mm-hmm. And you go, well, there is, uh, there are certain aspects of dreads uh, the politics of the of him especially it's a scary there's a, there's there are dread readers who go judge dreads we need more judge dreads on the street yes. basically what we need is judge dread i think that's crazy and personally you know i think anyone who says that has missed the point of the strip entirely it's a cautionary tale basically it's a terrifying world that dread lives in there's been a nuclear apocalypse that crime is out of control. No one would want to live. That is not something you aspire to living in Dredd's world. It's a horrible, horrible place. So, but it does become a touchstone. And and so I think I, I did a story a few years ago called uh, The Small House, which was collected. And, and, and you know, and, and that was me thinking, well, if I'm going to write Dredd at some point, I need to kind of hold a mirror up and just basically go tell people, there's a, there's a, a we don't get splash images in, in 2000 AD very often because we tell stories in six-page chunks. But is a, a virtual splash image of just Dread front on and another character says to him, like, I think you've forgotten what we are. We're fascists. And and and, and that was me kind of saying, like, you know, this is, if you're going to read this strip, you know, you've got to remember that. It's really important to remember that and not get carried away that he's, um, He's not. He's not a Spider-Man. He's not a Superman. You know what I mean. But 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 I think the interesting thing about Dread again is its context because, it, it, you know, I've said this a bunch of times. But if if you were a citizen in, 2000, in uh, Mega City One, and and there is some terrifying threat to you and your family, let's say any of a number of things that happen. Let's say there's a giant um, out of control war robot is smashing through your house and is coming to kill you. Dread will put himself between you and that war robot. Dread will hundred percent 
give his life for you, to save your life, right? So in that context, regardless of his politics, he's a hero. Um, but if you're walking down the street and you are an ultra, altruistic person, you do nothing but good every day, and you drop a bit of litter on the floor out of your pocket, he will smash your teeth in with a day stick and, and haul you off to, to the cubes for five years, right? And that is morally bankrupt, you know? So he's both those characters. I think the the, the Winter Soldier, you know, um, the, 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 the USA agent stuff in Winter Soldier has been done really, really well, uh, really enjoying it. And the, the episode we watched this morning, again, it's it's... It's, it's that's pushing some interesting buttons and I kind of admire them for doing that. And I, I think it's a really great character study as well because he's, um, yeah, I mean, it's what you take from that last image. I mean, I personally just felt terribly sorry for him, which considering yeah. he just, he just, what he just done. Yeah, is, Lisa and I were having that conversation and Lisa's, I think, on, on your side, like recognizing his trauma yes. uh, and, not, and not just the horror of that moment, yes. I think is important. Uh, I actually was reading a tweet today uh, from uh, Cheryl Eaton, and she was saying the importance of a character like John Walker, and I think it extends to Judge Dredd as well, is that when a when an audience member relates to that character, you have an opportunity to help that reader mm. by by them connecting to that character you now control the monster and in controlling the monster for that reader who relates to him, you can start to move their point of view. You can yep. show them the pluses and the minuses of, of such a, an entity. And so I think there's a lot of power in writing a judge dread, but it also yeah. seems to me like that sounds super intimidating to me. I, I like I, writing judge dread honestly scares me. <laughs> like, I don't know how you do it. Uh, I think it's kind of well. I mean, I'll be honest. I I wrote two thousand D for years, and and I I'd write dread every now and again. There's again, there's another way of doing dread, and a lot of people have done this successfully, which is you play him as the straight man, and the city is the is the madness, is the is the is the comedy, is the kind of you know, um, or or the horror, or all these things, and and that's again a perfect. I've done that. That's a perfectly justifiable way to to write it. The thing that connected for me eventually, and 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 when I started getting really interested in Judge Dread writing Judge Dredd, he's writing them, trying to write the man underneath the uniform, as I said, you know, and because I don't think a lot of people try and do that um, because of all the things you've just talked about, it's intimidating. And also he's incredibly stoic. It's like you have to write him through his actions rather than what he says, because he doesn't say much, you know, and um, and that's that's a challenge as well. But um, it, it, it is intimidating. And you are aware, as I said, I mean, especially with what's been going on in our, our country, in your country, there is a responsibility there. For instance, there's a story in the End of Days collection called Carry the Nine, which was co-written by Arthur Wyatt. And that was effectively a story about sort of them, a member of, of Dred's cast sort of looking at the accounting of Mega City One, which sounds thrilling, but basically realizing that instead of funding the judges and this war on the streets every day, well, they're never going to win. But if they instead took their funding and gave it to education, basically, then that's the way they could possibly finally win the war on crime. But effectively, then this character, she has to go into the Council of Five, who are the big bosses of the judges, and say to them, I want to defund the police. Now, we did that, and we wrote that just before the defund the police uh, riots were going on. And in fact, Arthur Wyatt, who co-wrote it, it, it was um, uh, lives in near Portland, um, and it was going on in, in his city on his doorstep. And like Arthur's emailing me and saying, I think our timing here might be not the best, basically. Mm. But um, but again, or the I best mean, or yeah. the best. But you can do you can. That's the great thing about like it, just, Judge Dredd is effectively like any great sci fi tool. You can you hold up a mirror to, to society and and and, um, and you know, the amount of things that Dredd's got right. Uh, and predicted 20 years ago, 30 years ago, stuff that was ridiculous comedy in dread at the time. And, and we're living it now, you know what I mean? And, and not least of all was Trump as president. Um, uh, you know, that's something purely out of, out of dread. And Tuesdays, if he did it, you know, a good few years ago as a joke, you know. Um, so, um, yes, uh, I've forgotten the question. But yeah, I mean, basically, it's, it's kind of, you know, 
Judge Dredd is like any great sci-fi. You, you use it to, to, to sort of have a look at the, the world we're living in and what's around the corner. Uh, Carrie the Nine was my favorite story in this book just because it just touched that nerve mm. of and, and, it, and it was just like electric to me. Um, you did bring up briefly like how the background characters in Dread are always like these kind of uh, buffoons almost, uh, characters like Buzzsaw Dave. Um, and, I love, and I love where, Buzzsaw Dave. <laughs> I love Buzzsaw Dave. I love Buzzsaw Dave. He's a guy who has a buzzsaw in his head and he doesn't want to talk about it. And we he all really have doesn't our... want to talk about it. No, I was just going to say, I just like, it made me laugh. The reporter says to him, is that why he decided to insert a buzzsaw in your own head? And then Buzzsaw Dave gets very annoyed about it. He goes, what? Buzzsaw in my head? Even though he's called Buzzsaw Dave, which is... <laughs> Sophisticated comedy, I think. I think we all have our emotional exposed buzzsaws that we do not <laughs> want to talk about. Um, but what is the motivation behind making these fringe characters so funny and quirky? Like, is it just a matter of breaking up the mood? Or is there something inherently funny slash tragic slash funny about trying to function in a dystopia. Yeah, I think I think Dread's world is, has gone mad. I mean, and, and understandably so, because there's there's a line a character says in the small house. Um, and, and again, I think it's it's, you know, it's a theme in, in End of Days, which is like this. This is a world that, that ended years ago. The, the judges have kept hum, humanity sort of clinging on. But basically, they, they, you know, the you know the human race fell into the grave, and the judges are the thing with their fingertips for stopping the world sort of collapsing into it. And the fact that they built this giant city on the east, which takes up the entire east coast of America, and 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 they've got huge walls to keep everything else out because it's terrifying. What you know, everything else that's out there. Now, then you have the interesting argument about whether or not the price, you know, a, a sort of authoritarian regime is a price worth paying for, you know, for your keeping you alive and behind those walls. Um, uh, but but also, I mean, again, sort of, you know, high comedy and ridiculous comedy has been just a that's part of the dread strip DNA throughout its history. And, and, you know, the city is full of crazy, crazy people. And sometimes that means crime. And sometimes that just means just at insanity and sort of eccentricity and and as i said you know the judges are very very much the straight men to this trying to keep sort of you know, an entire sort of city of people who, who, who've gone crazy because it's not you know they haven't any in fairness to these people they haven't any jobs i mean there's you know unemployment is sky high they've got kind of no purpose they're ruled by an authoritarian regime so they all yeah you you go crazy too i think i also love how you depict journalists in this situation, how they just come across as just kind of sweaty and desperate and flustered. And uh, according to your Wikipedia, which I know is the number one source for facts, um, mm. it's, it says that uh, you have a journalist background. Yeah. So do you, do you think that you bring that insight to these journalist characters? Well, the journalist who does the Buzzsaw Dave interview is called Cyber Tim Dunning, and he works for Channel NWE News. And his yes. catchphrase is, and what's the point really, anyway? So that's <laughs> that's kind of me, it depends, most days, depends what, what mood you get me in. Um, no, I yeah, I, I, I trained as a journalist, and I worked as a journalist for, for, for several years, and um, I was just always a big comic fan, and was... I wrote a comic and it got published and then more comic work followed. So it kind of led me away from the journalism. Um, but no, I think the journalists in, in Dread's world, I mean, yeah, again, they're, they're, they're probably as crazy as, as the people basically in their own way. It's all just a bunch of people desperately trying to keep it together because, you know, the apocalypse has already come and they're just trying to, trying to carry on as normal. Mm. So, you know, looking at end of days, you're coming off of a bunch of stories like the small house and control where you like the small house to me seemed like it wrapped up a lot of um, strands that you had been contemplating for a while. Mm. And now you're kicking things off with end of days, a, a very apocalyptic 
saga. Uh, you're taking, you know, the four horsemen trope and uh, inserting it into the dread verse. And, you know, what was your thought process of kicking off end of days? And what did you really want to accomplish with this particular story? Uh, well, Small House, as I said, was, was had a very strong political theme. And it was kind of me doing uh, a John le Carre kind of espionage kind of plot within Dread's world. Um, so I felt like I'd done that. Control was was mainly the story, like it's it's a kind of almost like a, like a horror story in, in, in Dread's world, which is, um, uh, you know, a serial killer just happens to be a judge, basically, who goes by the, twi- just kills judges and just goes by the twisted um, premise that, um, you know, the badge is gold for a reason. If any judge falls below her standards, then they need to be taken out. So, so that was dealing with, yeah, that was a much more just a serial killer horror kind of slash story in its own kind of way, even though it deals with the four horsemen of the apocalypse and the end of the world, it's end of days was meant to be, and it kind of is kind of like a fun, meant to be a fun road movie through dreads world. I think I, I felt like I'd, I'd done a lot of, I mean, you, we talk about Carrie the nine sort of a, political statements in Dredd's world. And and this was, when I read Dredd as a kid, uh, one of the cool things was, there was a story called The Judge Child Quest, which was basically Dredd and a, and a small team jumping in a spaceship and just going off and exploring, you know, uh, outer space in Dredd's world, with you know, with, on a quest. And I, that's kind of what I was reaching for with this, really, just sort of, you know, taking, you know, the whole thing of the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse was, they have to go out. They have to leave the city. The end of days has come, and they've just got to track these four individuals down and kill them to try and save the day. And it's 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 uh, and then there's you know there's a there's a um, a cowboy uh, who uh, called Ichabod Azrael who comes. Who's, who I wrote in a previous story for 2080, uh, who was um, he was a um, uh, the, you know the the most deadly killer in the old west who died himself and then decided he was going to kill his way out of the afterlife and come back to the living world. So one of the things that sort of got me excited about End of Days was that thing of taking a character from a totally different world, totally different universe, who wasn't connected with Dread at all, and inserting him in Dread's world kind of said, look, you know, the doors to dimensions are even coming down. That's how bad things are. Um, and I get to play with a, a lot of apocalyptic cowboy you know, imagery, and, and I kind of am a sucker for that kind of stuff, really. And was the inspiration for End of Days the idea of bringing Ichabod Azrael into this story? That kicked it off. It was it was a story that was built from that one image, and I don't know where that came from. I just had the image of Ichabod on a, on his horse. His horse talks as well, by the way. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, uh, who riding for the walls of Mega City One at midnight with you know the, the sky going black and. And he had a, a, a severed angel's head in a bag, basically. But, uh, and, and he rides the Mega City One and arrives and just basically says, I've got a warning for you that, you know, the four horsemen are here and this is it. Um, and then it was a case of, for me, was building the story out of that. Because I, I didn't know whether it was a good idea or not, but I just kind of that one idea of Ichabod riding at Mega City One just got me excited. And I thought, mm-hmm. oh, I, can, I could have some fun with this. It's fun, like, coming back to 2000 AD, having kind of dropped away after my teenage years and realizing that the dread verse is open to every kind of story. Like, you can have talking horses, you can have angels and monsters and supernatural, as well as the sci-fi, cursed earth. You know, like, I think too often people who have not explored 2080 comics think it is the judge, the judge dread movies, what they have seen on posters and in trailers and what have you. Mm. Uh, but it's really an incredibly open realm. Mm. Um, and, and I, I guess like when you are plotting your stories, when you're going into end of days and you're telling this type of story, like, do you have a checklist of like what genres you want to, navigate with with these characters um, not personally i don't go in with that as a kind of oh i've done that let's do that it's it's kind of what it, it, it's two things really is one thing is what excites you about a story and makes it worth telling and and another thing is you know you don't want to repeat yourself so um as i said the small house did make 
some overt political statements, and and it made a fair bit, you know, a fair amount of noise for for um, for a dread strip because of that. Um, but that wasn't something I wanted to do this time. It's just because I'd, I'd only recently done it. You know, you can't keep going back to the same well every time. So no, it's it's. But I think you're right. I mean, and there are all these kind of offshoot stories within the Dread World that run in 2000 AD and in the Judge Dread magazine. So you know, I've done sort of noir, you know, sort of detective, very sort of you know small scale stuff. And then there's a you know things is. There's, they're currently doing, you know, stories set in Judge Death's world, in the Dark Judge's world. Dead World is is its own story. That's part of it. Um, oh, bear my, sorry, my daughter's knocking on the door. I'm no, on a call. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and there's like, they've done, you know, as I said earlier, outer space stories, you know what I mean? There's sort of like, they, did, they even did one Pan-African Judges. There's the different parts of the, the globe and... Um, so yeah, I mean, as I said earlier, it's it's phenomenally rich, and you can tell all kinds of stories there. I think like the people know and, and really enjoyed the Carl Urban um, movie from a few years ago. Um, yeah, it is, and it's very linear, and it's it's tight, it's super tight, and uh, and it just is is a straight up sci fi actioner, and that's great. And and you know, I mean, we you know, I've written the the pilot script for the. Mega City One TV show, which we're hoping is in development. We all have fingers crossed. Oh man! Um, and that's kind of, you know, the the, the show itself is, you know, uh, if it comes to fruition, it is an attempt to sort of show, uh, you know, the, the you know the wider sort of aspects of Dread's world that perhaps you didn't see in the Carl Urban movie, you know, because um, all the things we've talked about, like you know the you know the comedy and the you know the the heightened nature of some parts of, you know, the dark satire, all these things. Um, but, um, yeah, we'll, you know, we'll see if that comes off, but, uh, you know, it's just, it, it's creatively, it's, it's just an amazingly rich world to play in. Have you ever found a hard boundary in the dread verse where you go like, Oh, I can't do this. Cause then it's not dread or, or 2000 AD anymore. Ooh, that's a good question. Um, Probably. I mean, I think you just have to know and have a respect for the stories that have come before and the DNA of the strip. You know, I think anyone who comes in and just does him as a, you know, out and out, you know, hero, you know, it, it's just he that's not not it, you know. So but I, I like to think I mean, I, I read it since I was a kid. You know, I used to get it every week. And and, um, I, you know, I think a lot of us who do right for 2080 uh, the same you know and i think we you know we get the tone i mean that's the i mean one of the cool things about writing is a lot of the hard work i always feel has been done because the tone is so much john wagner which is dreads you know one of dread uh, dreads co-creators um his voice is so much john wagner that you kind of you hear the voice anyway before you mm. go in so um uh, and, and similarly for the world, you know, and the, the tone of the strips that we all grew up reading, you know, it's very, very specific. Um, so I think that's testament to sort of, you know, the incredible work that was done in the past. So you've talked to, I mean, I, I, th I think you've answered this question in, in some ways already, but I, I want like a definitive Rob Williams answer. Uh, like, what is it that a writer does wrong with Judge Dredd and what must happen with Judge Dredd to get it right? Oh, man, um, that's difficult. I think ideally there's some dark humor in there somewhere. I think um, uh, in terms of his actions, there has to, it'll, it'll, if it's a perfect Dredd strip, it'll make you question his actions as well as possibly feel that oh, I get what, you know, I support him in this, but I think that's awful. We'll probably, we'll, you know, we'll probably both be sort of hovering there somewhere. Um, and I, you know, but, um, I don't know, I guess the, you know, the world has got to be fun and big, bigger, you know, heightened and, you know, it is a world with dinosaurs and the cursed earth. It is a world where, you know, there's, you know, you know, ward, you know, men are there with just have buzzsaws inserted in their heads are just going to come around the corner, you know, I mean, again, but uh, no, there's no hard and sad fast rules if you wanted to pitch me a, a bottle episode or just about a small child in 2008 in dread city who as as you know just what they see out the window every day and how horrible it is i'll go fine we'll have that for five pages but i would expect next week 
there'll be one along that'll make you laugh with something ridiculous as well, you know? But I think you can you can do all these things. But I do think that, yeah, what you do wrong is that you write him as just Robocop who just comes in and, and kind of kicks ass. And, and I suspect that is, you, you're probably only seeing one layer when there's many there. Mm. I, you know, I've only just dipped into the Dreadverse, like from a background of like, I read Marvel comics and DC comics and, and I do read indie stuff, but I'm just talking about like my, like the feeds I'm plugged into. Sure. And um, to me, like I got into the groove and into the shorthand of the dread world fairly easily. Like when I came across like, Oh, I don't know specifically what this offhand phrase means i'm like sidiv what could that be oh i put it together <laughs> like i i do feel like there is like where it's the coming together of a bunch of sh- fringe genres where if you're just like a genre fan you you dip in and you just kind of get it yes uh, that's what i found it as a person who did not grow up in this world and i hope so. i mean I, it depends i mean if you know anyone who says what should i read if i don't know where to start i mean you know obviously apart from my stuff but i would say <laughs> um because uh, i want to sell some books but it's um i mean if you read sort of you know the apocalypse war which is you know just one of the one of the best action comics forget anything else i've said if you just like action comics it's just sort of week after week of just um just you know, it's an amazing. So, and it's got one of the greatest moments in all of comics at the end of it as well, where um, without spoilers, oh, people yeah, know, people know. I mean, okay, but it's kind of basically you just get such an amazing line where after, and it's totally earned after sort of forty odd weeks of just you know what it what it says on the tin: Apocalypse War, the Sovs nuke Mega City One, Mega City One nukes the Sovs. We're fighting on the streets. It's um, incredible set piece after incredible set piece. And at the end, Dredd and the small squad go and they get hold of the, the Sov uh, missile you know, launch button, basically. And one of the Sov says, please, begs him for mercy, says, please, Dredd, please, you know, that's my city, you know, millions of innocent people. And, and Dredd just listens and Dredd just says, request denied and presses the button and launches <laughs> the missiles. And like, but, you know, another thing you should say, you know, 2000 he started as a kid's comic when I, I when i was reading that i was maybe 13 spider-man and superman do not go request denied and launch missiles to another city um it's just but that is such a great dread moment because it's totally in character as well because it's just it's cold and it's a it's a it's a decision that's made by by you know i guess the laws of a war that he's just been through but it's also, you know, if you look under the surface, you know it's revenge as well. It's on a personal level, it's revenge. Um, so that's an amazing story. And also, I mean, you know, people need to go to the, the dark judges, you know, Judge Death. And, 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 and if nothing else there, you get, um, you get, you know, amazing Brian Bolland artwork. And you also get another, the other great Dread moment, which is Gaze into the Fist of Dread, which, which, which everyone knows. Um, so, yeah, those are the starting blocks, I, I would suggest. I just put the dark judges in Lisa's yes. hand this morning. Right. Yeah. Uh, I think she's going to enjoy that. One. I think I'm going yeah. to have a very dreadful week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it's a um, logic to it. I mean, Judge Death goes, you know, he decides and his judges decide, well, you know, they want to stop law and law is, uh, law is done by the, um, sorry, crime. They want to stop crime and that's mm-hmm. done by the living. So they just, if they stop people living, then there's no crime. There's a, there is a logic to that. I, I'm following it perfectly. Maybe too perfectly. Um, <laughs> Do you, because you 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 grew up with the dread world, you are writing and thinking in the dread verse. Do you think that looking at the world through dystopian colored glasses has been a useful tool for you, or do you ever feel like, oh no, <laughs> we are in a global pandemic? <laughs> I think I'm going back to I'm I'm more the reporter. I said I'm Cyber Tim Dunning in this story. Mm. I'm saying uh, Channel N We News. Well, asking what's the point anyway? Um, no, I, I don't I, I don't think it's changed my politics one jot. To be honest with you, I think it's just it's. I mean, I, here's an interesting thing I would put out there. I'm pretty pretty sure that everyone who's ever written Dread over the years is left wing in some form. I can't prove that, but I think it would be a scary thing if a if a if a someone with right wing political viewpoints was right in dread. I think that could be quite worrying. Um 
and from a clinical point of view, you kind of go, well, it would be an interesting experiment, but I don't know I want to see that happening because of the effect it would occur. But um, I think you've probably got some quite liberal uh, people over the years have been telling stories about this authoritarian judge. I do judge people, not in a judge, judge dread way. Mm. <laughs> I do find myself judging people by the characters that they celebrate. Mm. Yeah, I've read some Punisher books, but if I see a guy wearing a Punisher shirt, I'm like, I'm giving that guy a, a wide berth. I've got a Judge Dredd shirt. Yeah, it mm. says wash your hands. So. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, and it's interesting, right? Because I think, you know, again, Punisher Max, I think, is just one of the great yes. um, comic works of the last about 20 years, whenever it's been. I just think it, the tone of that, it's it's way darker than I can go. But um I just think it's a phenomenal piece of work. But like you say, I think I find the Punisher terrifying. Caution. I mean, again, he's a cautionary tale. Mm -hmm. I mean, anyone who sees that as something to aspire to. I mean, if nothing else, the guy is born out of his entire, yeah, the trauma of his entire family being being murdered. So it's it's hardly something to, to, to an aspirational character, you know? So like the thing, like I think about my younger self when I, because I did come to Judge Dredd because I learned that Verhoeven wanted to make a, a Judge Dredd movie mm. instead of a RoboCop movie. When when the producers and the writers of that couldn't make that, they made RoboCop, and that's when I like when I heard that story. And I don't even know if that's true or not, but I remember hearing that story as a kid, and that's what brought me over to Judge Dredd comics. Um, and when I first started reading them, and you get like you know nuke nuke the enemies anyway as a adolescent boy i was like yes this is great but also judge dread comics are where i started to think about the politics behind those actions because you it's it's obvious that he is a fascist and he's not a guy to be championed when you're reading judge dread and even to that 13 year old self and i think it starts those gears turning mm. yeah but there is also an aspirin i mean you know We'd be all of us would be sort of sort of it naive hurts. if we kind of if we kind of went. There is all these characters that we love, whether or not they're Spider Man, Superman, and the ones who've really come to the surface, you know, Wolverine. There is an aspirational act because we all wish we were that tough and mean and could, you know, if we went into any kind yeah. of city where, you know, they can take out a room and none of, we couldn't, you know. So we are all that is there with 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 all these characters as well. Which I guess makes us feel a little uneasy and a little compromised when we when we when we love them. Um, yeah, for sure, for sure. I think that's absolutely true. And to not acknowledge that, I think would be you know would make a make me a hypocrite. <laughs> um, now you know you I, you I think you've hit the comics that you think really speak to Judge Dredd. If our listeners are not familiar with them, um, you would go with Apocalypse War as a, a good gateway comic. Yeah, absolutely. And, and also, there's a, a little precursor story, which was a little, it, it runs for a few weeks beforehand, called Block Mania, and whereby basically the Sovs are, are, are poisoning the um, the water in Mega City 1 and driving everyone even more insane to make them fight each other. And that's kind of got art by um, Mick McMahon, who's an absolute comics genius, uh, Brian Bolland, who obviously people in, in the States know all too well, and Steve Dillon, and again, who who um, uh, people in the states know to you know went on to great success in the states. And then the apocalypse war starts, and that's drawn by Carlos Escuera, who people in the states might not know too well, but again was just an amazing, amazing artist. But I just think you know there you've got that kind of just if you just want a really great futuristic action story, that is about as good as it, as you're going to get. And then, and the dark judges again, you get Bolland, you get uh, everything dread. But I mean, there is just a host of just just great dread stories over the years, not least of which I should mention include the small house. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> what, end of what, day. <laughs> as you should. So what I was going to say for the Rob Williams experience is the small house and end of days. I think you get the full spectrum of your dread. Yeah. If you read those two. And, I think uh, so. Yeah. And also you get the um, control as well. I mean, again, it's beautiful, beautiful artwork by Chris Weston on the, you know, cause yeah. that's an entire you know, an entire book of, of of Chris's work, and and Chris is kind of like the modern day Bolland, I think, for me. And and then the small house and end of days, you get 
Henry Flint, who, who, who again is just an absolute genius and needs far, far. Yeah, I think if people dig Hellboy and dig Mignola's work, they'll they'll mm-hmm. dig um, Henry's work as well. It's kind of got that kind of outre kind of you know pushing pushing sort of stylistic barriers sometimes but he's just an amazing storyteller as well all right well rob so before we say goodbye for our listeners where can they hunt you down online uh on twitter instagram wherever uh, on twitter i'm at rob williams 71 um my website hasn't been updated for a while but i will i swear it's um rob williams comics.co.uk uh, and i'm on instagram but what am I called on Instagram? If you bear <laughs> with me for one second, I will, <laughs> I'll let you know. Um, on Instagram, I am Rob Williams, 1971. 1971. All right. Rob, is there anything else you want to touch upon before you get out of here? Ooh, what about the Hershey comic? Oh, yeah, you got Hershey, the collection, the Hershey disease collection. I'm excited for this one. Yeah, well, that was kind of like Hershey was um, – uh, she was chief judge for, and she's been a background character in Dread's world for a long time. So I kind of thought it would be interesting to tell her story. And also, uh, Simon Fraser and I, who's the artist on it, we're excited. There's a general thing in Dread's world, which is one of the cool things. So Dread ages in real time. So as I said earlier, he's old and grumpy now. They don't do reboots. He's not like Superman and Batman, where you have no idea perennially, you know, thirty-ish <laughs> maybe. Um, similar, same thing's true of Hershey. And so. She is is a uh, you know a female judge, and we thought, well, wouldn't it be really interesting to do her story where she is li- she's retired effectively, and then she's going to go out into the world on this road movie and sort of right some wrongs. But we just thought, well, you know, you don't see many kick-ass ca- female characters who are sort of you know whatever age she is. We're not going to say what age she is, but an older woman, put it that way, and. You know, uh, and then she goes into South America and sort of starts sort of, you know, I guess it heads in sort of some futuristic Breaking Bad te- territories. And um, yeah, uh, and Simon Fraser's, we don't, it's a really interesting character study, but it's also, it's a, it's just a fun crime fiction story set in Dredd's world. Lisa and I were talking about how we would cover Judge Dredd on our comic book couples counseling main show. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking of doing it through the lens of the relationship that Dredd has with Anderson. But talking about uh, Hershey and Dredd might be interesting as well. I think their relationship is a lot more interesting because uh, Anderson and Dredd, they just kind of they team up every now and again. Yeah, they, It's not really, apart from Anderson making a couple of jokes at his expense and him being gruff in return to her there's not i think they just trust each other in the field but there's not a great personal relationship hershey and and dread had a really interesting relationship over the last few years because hershey was his junior for many years and then went to the top spot and was ordering him around and there was a lot of tension there and al ewing did some really interesting work between those two where you could feel the, the relationship fraying and then in that came to a culmination really in the small house was something that I wrote in the small house, which was the effectively the break in their relationship. And then the Hershey disease graphic novel is kind of partly Hershey. One of the driving forces, I think, is is this simmering resentment that Hershey has mm-hmm. towards this man who is an icon, basically. And it's kind of that thing of how what it's like living with a, that icon. Um, so, yeah, I, I think they, it's a really, you know, their relationship has been quite. Um, there's there's a lot of layers to it over the years. I think you just sealed the deal for us. I think that's how we're going to do it. I think that's a good idea. I love approaching it also from the angle of these are the things that Judge Dredd does take personally. Yeah. Because you've mentioned several things in this interview that it's like, uh, well, tins, t- turns out this thing is personal to him. And uh, that's fascinating. Yeah. And I think this is, I mean, if you go back to the small house and sort of, yes, he was just trying to, you know, at the end of the day, he's trying, trying to t- take down a bad guy. But mm. It's it's this is a bad guy who strayed onto his turf, and so they're they're you know the the line at the end where he says to Smiley, he says this is my house. I think that's not that's not necessarily just you're under arrest. It is personal, you know mm-hmm. what I mean. And and so I, yeah, I I find that I love writing those little moments from Dread where where you get a sneak at the man beneath the mask. Ah, uh, Rob, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today. We've really enjoyed this conversation. Yes. 
We're going to continue with Judge Dredd and 2000 AD on this podcast. We hope that you can return to the podcast at some point in the future as well. Oh, I'd love to. Absolutely, guys. If, uh, yeah, it's been great today. Thank you for having me on. And yeah, it's nice uh, to talk to two people who, you know, sort of dig beneath the surface of these characters. It's great. Oh, I live beneath the surface. <laughs> <laughs> Have a great day, and we really appreciate it. Okay, thanks a lot, guys. Thank you. And there you go. That was such a fun conversation. It's one of my favorite creator corners. I know I always say that after these things, but I came out of this chat with recommendations and a newfound excitement for Judge Dredd. Like we said at the start of this episode, we've been reading nothing but Dredd this week, and I've been loving it. Me too, and it's crazy because Judge Dredd comics, having seen the movies, were like never anything I anticipated getting into. Mm -hmm. And I like the idea of I started with Dredd when he's like a grizzled old man mm -hmm. who is now looking back at his legacy mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and kind of having to continue a behavior to justify both his past and his existence. But I, I couldn't get Rob to give up like what is really motivating him what is what are his insecurities Do, is he a man with regrets mm -hmm. but like there are moments in end of days where you can see judge dread process mm -hmm. and really consider and i just find him to be such an interesting character and now that i have this perspective from rob's comics i can appreciate the enormous backlog even more. I love how you deeply connected with the Act of Grudge story, which is not in the End of Days collection. It's in the Mega City Masters Volume 3 that was uh, illustrated by Guy Davis. And that, that was your like entryway into like getting Rob to like spill the beads on the pathology of dread and Rob really wouldn't do it. But in that story, there's a lot going on in that dread brain, and we want to, like, crack it open, right? Because he wouldn't go back to talk to that normie who was acting as a sheriff to yeah. this little enclave of muties, like, if he didn't have questions. And I, like... I think that a question for another person is also a question for yourself. Like, yeah. why did he... Why did he have to find an excuse to shoot that guy? Yeah, 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 for sure. And I think one of the great things about this conversation is that Lisa and I have decided that we will indeed cover Judge Dredd in the main feed. Positively, yes. With, with um, uh, using Rob's suggestion of Hershey and Dredd. I, I think that's a great podcast series. At some point at the mid or late 2021, we're going to do a four episode series on Dredd and Hershey, and I'm really looking forward to it now. But this week, we've used it as a uh, research stage. And uh, guess what? We have a lot more Dread reading to do. And we've ordered so many Dread comics because of this conversation as well. So, yeah. Am I going to be that grizzled old person at the end of my life? Just continuing ridiculous, unfounded behavior just to justify the person I've been all the way up to that point? Uh, I think a lot of us are that person. Like, that's who we all become. We want to be Swamp Thing. We want to be constantly yes. renewing and refreshing. We don't want to be Judge Dredd. Yeah, but I fear I am. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh gosh, oh gosh. Uh, yeah, and like all that stuff that we talked to Rob about the fascism and dread and like what's the headspace and the point of view you need to have and worrying about your how the audience will take a character like Dredd and make them their champion. All of that, I'm still... Uh, obsessing over uh, while I'm, I'm reading these comics. I really appreciate him being willing to go there with us. Yeah. He was extremely generous with his time and just being so candid. Yeah, and while I've been reading all these Dread comics not written by Rob, I've been looking for like the right-wing uh, writer and I haven't found that uh, 2080 right-wing writer yet. But I feel like he, he, Rob can't be right. They can't all be leftists writing Dread. Well, when we're reading Dread, 
it's always a leftist true. lens that we're looking at. Yeah. Looking yeah. through anyway. For Brad and Lisa. That's certainly true. Well, we better wrap up this episode or I'm going to start talking about yoga toes again. So uh, <laughs> what are we going to be up to next week? Well, we've got a lot of balls up in the air right now. We, exciting balls. Exciting balls. The best kind of balls. The exciting balls. Uh, a few interviews lined up, but I don't want to say what they are because they're not locked down and I'd hate to say them and jinx them for them not to happen. So we've got good stuff coming and then we're going to launch into a four episode series on a romantic duo that I also don't want to reveal just yet. So guys, just know you're going to have some exciting balls dangling in your future. It feels like Christmas. It was a Christmas tree metaphor you were going for, like like Christmas ornaments, glass balls hanging from a tree. Friends, if you want to dive into the world of 2000 AD and Judge Dredd, please look to the show notes. We've got links to Rob Williams and links to 2000 AD where you can purchase End of Days. But Lisa, we got to get out of here. So that means you got to tell the listeners where they can send their words of affirmation to you. That is so sweet. I am always accepting words of affirmation at Sidewalk Siren on Instagram and Twitter. If you have words of affirmation for our logo, you can send them to Aaron Prescott at a cool hand fluke. And if you have some words of affirmation for our radical banner art, send them to Karen Charm at Karen underscore X-Men fan. Brad, where can our listeners send their words of affirmation to you? You can find me on all social medias at MouthDork. If you'd like to spend more quality time with us, you can subscribe to us on Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to get exclusive, Ooh. you can join our Patreon where you'll get more content, including weekly bonus episodes like our upcoming Double Mint Dread episode where Lisa and I will be breaking down both Sylvester Stallone's Judge Dread and Carl Urban's Dread. I even watched The Raid in anticipation. Yeah, you did. If you'd like to reach out and touch us electronically, you can email the podcast, cbccpodcast at gmail.com. You can visit our website, comicbookcouplescounseling.com, or follow us on Instagram and Twitter at CBCC Podcast. You can give us the gift of five stars on Apple Podcasts. And if you'd like to do an act of service, why not write a review of the show while you're there? We are fluent and receptive in all five love languages. It really warms our hearts and helps the pod. So until next time, friends, keep your love tank full. And your psychic rapport open. Doopy doopy.